Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, joined by the man we call Hoop Scoop. That's Kevin McPherson, courtesy of Hogville.net. Well, I guess you can say in some regards, Kevin, uh, great news that in regards to Anthony Black, he has set a firm date, at least we believe it's a firm date, um, when he's set to sign with the Arkansas Racerbacks. Yeah, and, you know, we put that on, on Twitter. Where else would I be communicating yes. anything, right? Your 50 uh, billionth tweet. Right. I'm, someone's keeping count. I, I'm glad you're doing <laughs> it because I've lost count. But, but, Randy, this is yesterday was the first day of the spring period. We know the spring period's longer, typically a five-week signing window. Um, you know, and it's different for portal guys. Remember that. They sign financial aid agreements. This is a letter of intent. That's the process for high school student-athletes uh, to, to ink with the school of their choice for, for the next step, which is college. And uh, Anthony Black, with the first day being yesterday, and exactly a week from then, the 20th. So uh, next Wednesday, he'll sign his letter of intent at, uh, during a ceremony. At his high school now, um, so the thought was there was a his uh, coach at Duncanville High School, Coach Peavy, is coaching in the uh, Jordan Brand Classic in Chicago, the All Star Game. We'll talk more about that in Nick Smith Jr. here in a little bit. Uh, but with him being out of town, there was some thought that he might sign over the weekend, maybe even Easter Sunday. Um, but I think the decision to do it midweek so he could have a ceremony at schools, you know, probably a, a great idea so he can celebrate that. With, with his with his schoolmates and, and other folks that can attend that, and you can bet Arkansas uh, basketball staff will be ready and willing to unleash its social media celebration like it does any time a t- any player uh, signs on with the program uh, with letters of intent. Once the player has actually formally signed it, the school receives it. The school gets it certified, which can happen very quickly through the display. Then the school can comment on that student athlete. So. It may be even one of those things where the ceremony is just that, a ceremony he's actually signed it maybe a day or so before where the school can do its due diligence to get it processed so they can comment. And we know Eric Mosman and his staff like to do that in real time <laughs> uh, once, the, once the ceremony has happened. So we'll see how that all plays out. But once it happens, that means it's official that Arkansas brought in three five-stars, three McDonald's All-American. Those are first in program history. Uh, when you look at the recruiting right now, whether it's high school or portal, Arkansas, even if it's number two behind Duke right now, uh, there's some, some folks that rank the portal recruiting and say Arkansas's number one there. But if you put it all together, you know, Arkansas's got the top recruiting class in the country by more than one measurement or just my opinion. So I think the staff has once again shown backing it up with results, it's back-to-back Elite Eights, and now they go into next season, even though it's pretty much turned over the roster. We've talked so much about it. At least 10 newcomers, as it looks right now, the recruiting is so strong that you don't have as much concern about something like that, especially with Eric Mussman, whose career has been reshaping, remolding, and figuring out how to make a new roster work. And I must add, this is being reported by Adam Spencer. He is with Saturday down south. Jordan Nesbitt started his career at Memphis. He played in just three games before transferring to St. Louis 
for the 2021-22 campaign. He is in the transfer portal. Per college basketball insider John Rothstein, two SEC programs are among those showing interested, or showing interest, I should say, in the talented guard, G-U-A-R-D. The two schools, Arkansas, South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No surprise there. We can't talk him out of that. (laughs) Okay. Guys, there's no surprise there for me. I keep talking about the fact that I really think Musselman wanted to add a guard with experience. They're still doing Zoom meetings with with portal players. They're still – so it's not just initial contact that they're doing, just going through those motions. They're – you know, there, there's some development there in terms of bonding and relationship building and recruiting when you're having Zoom meetings. And when and, and so I think they're going to continue to recruit uh, because you never know what could happen with what you think you have now. But the other part of that is I don't think Eric Musman's ever fully satisfied. Uh, we just talked about how good the recruiting is, and, and he's still envisioning ways it can be better. Um, and, and it would be really unprecedented for him to come in uh, when we look at his past recruiting, uh, with, with one position group being really, you know, not being addressed in the transfer group uh, opportunity, and so even though the numbers seem impossible right now, they would work. It would work itself out, and we can agree or disagree that he should do it, but he's going to do what he thinks is right. Yeah, uh, but is. I will You're say right. this, and while I was just mentioning the Jordan Brand Classic. Um, that's going to be played tomorrow night. It's the, it's the next all-star game for Nick Smith Jr., another prestigious event. Uh, it's been, I think it's been going on for a little over two decades now. Uh, but so far in the five-on-five, the practice sessions, NBA scouts, folks that cover the NBA draft, project these things, mock drafts even a year ahead because we know he can't go into this next draft coming up, saying he's the best player there. He's really standing out. So there's more of those reports coming out. The actual all-star game will be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in Chicago. Uh, you've got Jordan Walsh, by the way, who's also, we know he's a, uh, one of the five-star signed with the Razorbacks. He's all was also invited and selected for that team. He will be there, but he will not play. He'll be with the team on the bench. He sprained his ankle, nothing serious, in the Geico National Championship game a few weeks ago, so he's recovering from that. So he's taking part in the festivities. He's with his teammates on the in the Jordan Brand Classic, but he will not play. Uh, but he will be on the bench tomorrow night. So where do you put this, Jordan Nesbitt, uh, ultimately, Kevin, in the <laughs> in the mix? I mean, uh, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, where do, you, where do you put this in the mix? Right. Arkansas has got one over the scholarship right now with Jalen Williams. If he, if he stays in the draft and where, where Arkansas is right now through signed players, whether it's portal um, high school players that were signed already and who, who we think is coming back, and uh, they would be right at the number 13. If Jalen Williams comes back, then they're one over and something's got to give. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room in terms of assuming that everybody you've signed are players that you want to come in because you signed them and they haven't been there yet. But we just don't know how all that would work itself out. There could be a scenario where Williams comes back and now all of a sudden that front line feels a little crowded with with five guys six nine or taller, and here's a guy that's a proven commodity who you know is going to get heavy minutes. That may alter the thinking of someone else who just signed 
a financial aid agreement. She just never know if it's actually going to be someone displaced from who would be returning when we start naming those guys. There's not, it's a short list. Kamani Johnson, Jackson Robinson, Devo Davis. Devo Davis has announced he's coming back. I think, you know, that's as big a news as any we've heard uh, because I think there needs to be some carryover from this, from this, you know, this program as a, as, you know, in terms of leadership and, guy, and a guy that's been helped the team get to back-to-back elite eights, you've got to have some foundation. Jalen Williams come back, comes back. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's fortified by two there. Uh, we know both are very talented, uh, but we don't know what other movement might take place. Other than there's not a lot of, you know, we can guess all day long. Uh, but, but among returning players, there's not a lot to choose from. And then you got to wonder, well, if they just sign guys to financial aid agreements. Why and how would that work out if someone was going to move out to accommodate a Jalen Williams return and possibly adding another wing? Because they are recruiting, you know, maybe some some wings with shooting ability that can defend multiple positions. We know Musman likes that. If you look back at the last few recruiting cycles, even who he inherited in Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones, he's always put six five six six guys on the floor that can defend. They've got that in the recruiting class, but it's all high school players. He likes veteran guys, so we'll see if he tries to add one more piece. I felt like he's wanted to do that. I think some of the guys they targeted shied away because of the addition of Anthony Black, but I don't think they've necessarily given up that search, and that's why you're hearing a name like Nesbitt. Don't you wonder, and, and again, he's brilliant at what he does. Coach Musselman, it's pretty hard to second-guess him. This is the first time I ever have in thinking, why would you bring in another guard? But don't you wonder how he is, what how he's dealing with a say a transfer possibility, in light of the players that are coming, and how he's talking to the players that are coming about the possibility of adding a graduate transfer. That that's got to be a pretty delicate com- pair of conversations, isn't it? Of course it is. And the other part of it is, my understanding is he tells players when he's recruiting them. They just had a Zoom meeting with a player. I'm not going to mention his name. It wasn't Nesbitt, but it's a similar position. Just had a Zoom meeting, and I got it from the folks that were on that, that from the player side of it, that he was just acknowledging the fact I only play about six or seven guys. Oh so it it doesn't sound like he's pull, playing a smoke and mirrors game there, but the reality is the reality. And so, you know, uh, there's not a lot of minutes to hand out for for. A, a, a roster that you basically right now you've got 10 new guys that represent the number two recruiting class in high school, the number one recruiting class in, in the portal. So you've loaded up and out of those 10, how many of those guys are going to get big minutes? Um, that's, that's where the rub comes. And this is a coach that's not afraid to reload and retool and deal with it later. Um, it gives himself options. And so, um, you know, we'll see what they do to finish up portal recruiting. But all right, hang done. on, Kevin. We got to take a break. Hang tight. All right, this is almost unbelievable. Checking back in with Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. I kind of closed out there a moment ago, Kevin. I had to. I had to go this. I had to go this route. This is almost unbelievable. What seems to be transpiring with Eric Musselman. Now, the thing that makes it unbelievable to a certain degree is the level, the quality of players that Eric Musselman continues to attract to Arkansas 
regardless of what, or at least it seems regardless of what Arkansas seems to already either have committed, signed, and the reason why I say committed, we know that Anthony Black is committed. He soon will be signed. Every, everyone else, whether it's on a financial agreement or the traditional scholarship, they're already in hand. But yet, it's unbelievable to a degree to me that he continues to be able to attract top talent that wants to come to Arkansas. And I think I think that just the track record, you know, when you look at the how far Arkansas's been able to advance, when you look at the social media, Arkansas now has what I'm understand, I don't have specific, but a very attractive you know, and it's I guess it's not formally Arkansas, but the NIL money, however that it's structured, uh, that's a, a big part of what Arkansas Arkansas can sell now, one way or another. And so I don't know the level that coaches can actually go into that, talk about it, or be involved in it. But I do know that it's something that's a, that's weighing in, in advantage Arkansas relative to maybe some other high major programs that Arkansas would be competing for players. So I think there's a lot of things at work. Um, and the other part of it is, you know, Arkansas in the last few years has gotten a few guys into the NBA. Uh, Eric Mussman with the Martin Twins who've had success relative to their where they were drafted or undrafted. Um, so there's just a few little things. You got the first one and done in Moses Moody. I think there's just several things that are working in, in Arkansas's favor right now, and it's a and it's an attractive program because of those things. Um, having said that, um, the guys are, there is a reality they're going to have to face. If, if you get that top six seven rotation, you're you're going to get a chance to play. If you don't, you're you're going to be for the probably the first time in your life as a high, high level player. You know, watching the game from the bench most of the time. Uh, you know, in the old days, guys would develop and, and work that out and get and wait their turn. It doesn't work that way anymore. I think the other thing, Randy, is Arkansas is still going through the going through the recruiting process through the portal. I've, we've been talking about that, but even if they stand pat and don't add anybody else, I think it's smart for them to continue to put Arkansas's program in front of players, because you never know of a guy they don't get out of the portal now who's going to be ready to transfer in a year for the second time or the third time. It may be someone they need or want. So, again, I think the recruiting just continues regardless of what you've already added. And you know these players are saying, wait a minute, you just signed three five-stars. What's the reality? I'm going to get a chance. You know, you know those things are coming up. Um, and yet, like you said, Eric Melsman continues to add quality. So, um uh, you know, at the end of the day, when the season's over, you're going to see a big part of the roster turn over because they're just a fact. Guys aren't playing, and they're ready to move on and go somewhere they, they think they can play. Have you more or less reevaluated? Maybe that's the incorrect term that I'm looking for. But my point is, have you thought differently about what Arkansas may be looking at in regards to those, and I'm trying to be careful to avoid the term just the one-and-dones, uh, whether it be Nick Smith Jr., um, Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black. But if Jalen Williams comes back, you know he's going to for sure, after I would think next year, as a junior, would opt for the draft. I think it would almost right. be imperative for him. And there may be others that you could look at on this roster that uh, the Mitchell twins, as an example, they have their name right now in the NBA draft. They're trying to find out their value. 
So I guess the point I'm looking at, have you reevaluated it? what you, you spoke a second ago, how the roster can potentially turn itself over again? And we think at this point about the ones more so that uh, are probably in a position um, to go to the draft as compared to maybe otherwise. But uh, have you looked at that, Kevin? Because when you start thinking about it, this roster could take a, another drastic turn next year, but the majority of it could be those that are opting to go to the NBA yeah. as much as those that do not uh, like sitting on the bench and just watching. From the By the way, they would have one of the best seats in the house, but anyway, that probably wouldn't matter to that <laughs> young man. But uh, have you looked at it from that, from that angle? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a – this is what's unique about this for Musselman is, you know, he's usually six or seven guys, which is a lot. Right now they're at 10. And, and, and he usually has a good share of grad transfers. So you've got that kind of one and done, right? It's not just mm-hmm. guys with proper right. pennies. You, you get the guys that are just coming in for one year. This doesn't have that. Now, it does have guys, like you mentioned, the Mitchell twins. Uh, Graham will be a veteran, you know, fourth-year guy. And they, maybe they want to, you know, catapult after one year to, to into some level of pro ball. Obviously, the NBA being the big the big goal. Um, but I think the other thing is, I just go back to how Musselman. I don't think there's much you can throw at him that he's gonna that's gonna make him uncomfortable and twist. He figures out ways to know to understand at some point what what the makeup of his group is to win, and he figures as long as he's winning, the recruiting will take care of itself. The marketing part's always going to be there. Um, and it just all kind of works together. So I think even if there's some nuance, even for him, something new with a more turnover this time than ever and not as many veteran guys uh, who are clearly only going to be here for one year, I think he figures all those things out and continues to recruit. And he can change. I, this is a guy that, to me, can change midstream and, and go a different direction. We've seen it two years in a row and play out on the court mid-January where he tweaking lineups and rotations, and it wasn't his first vision, but he made it work. And he didn't just make it work. He made it work really well at a high level. And I think he does that with recruiting. Now, does that mean everybody's happy? Of course not. If you're not playing, you're not happy. You might be happy about something, but if you're, if you're a competitor and you want to be on the court and you're not playing, you're probably going to look elsewhere. But he adapts to that probably better than most coaches are able to right now. Even now – that it's been two or three or four recruiting cycles and we see the portal playing such a heavy part uh, in, in reshaping. Where we're really seeing the effect high school players are the ones who don't sign early. They're the ones that are kind of taking the back seat in the spring while the portal activity is going on and coaches are going after veteran players. But Eric Mussman's probably envisioned that before most did, before this even happened uh, because of all his years in the NBA. So I don't think he's phased by it. And at the end of the day, you want the guy in charge to be able to handle it because the rest of us are trying to figure it out on the fly, and it's not easy. Again, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you next week. I'm sure we'll have um, some new and refreshing new things that are occurring next week. All right, that is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. 